On this show, we will discuss elements of the story, which may also include some spoilers. So this is your official spoiler alert. It's okay if you haven't read the book, but if you're looking to avoid having it spoiled, go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in never losing the childlike joy of reading. And Sarah... What's up? We have made it. It is the end of our summer of Potter. It's the end of it's the summer <laughs> as you know it. <laughs> end of summer was technically two weeks ago. It's fine. It's fine. It'll Who be is snowing technical? next week in Tennessee, 90 what? last week. Oof. My name is Sam and I'm a Hufflepuff, which is the greatest Boo. house. Do not at me. Boo. The greatest house. I'll at you. <laughs> Boo. And I joined... By Sarah, a, a former member high of the school English greatest house, Gryffindor. Oh, okay, I was gonna get there, but at first I was gonna tell like the real stuff about you. Who needs real? Yeah, that's right. Who cares that you were a former high school English teacher with two kids who reads eighty-five-ish books a year? How much are you on pace for this year? I am very behind. Um, so you're only on like seventy-four. I think I'm on pace for like seventy-five. Still. Which is pretty behind, though. But normally, I catch up in October. Okay. Um, That's your reading October, season. November, I'm alone a lot because of football. Uh, so I read a lot. Are you, uh, are you a fall person? I love fall. Love fall. What I are like your it. fall rhythms? What are things you have to do in the fall? Um, we always go to some kind of pumpkin patch Classic. because we have kids. But I burn a lot of fall candles. Mm -hmm. I try and get outside as much as possible. And... I just wear a lot of sweatshirts. Yeah, sweatshirt weather is what I'm That's about. basically my fall routine mm -hmm. is wear a sweatshirt all the time. Okay. Well, as you know, I'm a football family, so football yes. is just kind of the fall routine. Oh, yeah, and I forget about football. Love having people over, love having chili. Chili, oh. chili, just What is your favorite kind of chili? Describe to me your ideal chili, because we have all the things from like white chili to my number one chili, chili, I guess. My number one chili is white chicken chili. I okay. have a recipe that i make and i could eat it for breakfast lunch and dinner <laughs> and what do you put in your white chili are you doing like tortilla a petro chips. type thing with tortilla chips and okay. cheese and cheese yes. what kind of cheese uh usually shredded cheddar jack okay and then sometimes i'll put like green onions okay you know if i have them and i'm fancy but my wife made a chili last week it was a brown chili is that the red chili red chili, red chili. typical what i call normal chili and we did the whole Fritos in the bottom. Mm -hmm. well, she actually puts her Fritos on the top. I do too. Shout out, Emily. <laughs> Why? You put them on the bottom so they mm -hmm. like soak in I don't all want the them, I want them to be crunchy. I want them to be crunchy. Yeah, I guess that's Nat true. Puts, but I just always put them Nat's on the bottom. That's a big cornbread guy in Chile. Oh, amen. Which, that's not my jam. Amen to that. Praise <laughs> him for, cor for cornbread. Uh, I yes. don't really like that. It's I need texture. I need a crunch and not so much soggy. Because hmm. cornbread is soggy when you put it in chili. Speaking of crunch, <laughs> do you know what this book, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows, did to my emotions? <laughs> <laughs> it crunched them. Crunched them into a thousand little crumbs. And then it kept crunching. Wow, that was good. Thanks for that. That was a good that one. That was yeah. a good one. Harry <laughs> Potter and... Why did I back away from the mic? Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows... Released on July 21st, 2007. Where were you on July 21st, 2007? I was in Munford, Tennessee. Mm. I just graduated high school, heading to UT, and I went 
And I got the book from the Navy Exchange that morning, probably at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And sat on the couch. Do you have to go to the base yeah. to get it from the Navy? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got to pull out that Navy ID, which okay. they promptly took away when I got married. Just <laughs> real fast. That was an interesting factoid. Yes. Speaking of interesting factoids, did you know that the other titles considered for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows were Harry Potter and the Elder Wand? Yeah. Or Harry Potter and the Peverell Quest. I don't like either of those. So yeah, I'm she glad. made the right choice. Yeah, Deathly Hallows is way better. Mm-hmm. Even though, honestly, I'm a, like, I don't love the Deathly Hallows, no. but they kind of came out of nowhere. It they did. Really set up. I remember when they released the title, and I was like, "What is that? What does that even mean?" Yeah, it's okay. Well, also, did you know this one? I thought was really interesting, and we could. We're talking like future of our podcast. Whoa. Rowling completed the book while staying at the Balmoral Hotel in Edinburgh in January 2007, leaving a signed statement on a marble bust of Hermes, the Greek god, in her room that reads, J.K. Rowling finished writing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows in this room on 11 January 2007. And you can stay in that suite. It's called the J.K. Rowling Suite I was trying to Google it at the coffee shop that I was at, but the Wi-Fi was not working Can very well. Can we get a sponsorship by that Well, hotel? I was saying live show. <laughs> live show from the room. From the suite. Listen, all we need them to do is comp the cost of the room. Exactly. We'll pay for our own Little food. things. And our flights. Yeah. If they comp our flights, the cost of the room, and half our meals. Half our meals. It's a little price We don't need them to, to have, pay us yeah, to be there. Our worldwide phenomenon right. of a podcast right. live from their room. That's right. They could have this. Oh, I would love that. Yep. And then actually JK would be on the podcast too. Yeah. Because she keeps tweeting me and I'm like, JK, stop. <laughs> she keeps tweeting a lot of you're, things. You're embarrassing Anyways. me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also know that she wrote the last chapter in 1990 when she was beginning the series? The ending was always going to happen the way it was written. The last chapter or the epilogue? The last chapter. Okay. She had the ending in mind. Like the ending was one of the first things. She plotted the whole series uh, okay. first. Okay. Okay. According to her. So here's the thing. Bear in mind, when writers say how they write. I'm just skipping ahead. My question then is why did she allow the ending of the movie version of this book Mm -hmm. to be so far from the actual book? Because movies aren't as good as (sighs) books. But that just doesn't make any sense. Well, there is this thing where... To my understanding, the conversations that get had are what's going to play visually on screen Mm. for movie version. And they thought about that, and then they didn't do anything good in the movie (laughs) for the ending. Uh, And I get it. It's hard because in a book, book we get access to (laughs) like Harry's inner monitor, and that's so important here. But in the movies, it's like they didn't try. They didn't try. Harry spins. Yeah. (laughs) Harry's outside. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's fine. Very that bad. Was, I'm that actually, was a toot noise for anybody. <laughs> I'm kind of anti the movies. I'm not like campaigning against them. I don't tell people not to watch them. I will watch them. They're fine. They're just. Yeah. They're fine. They're kind of meh to me. They're like, fine. I, well, when you realize the peak of the books, like how good the books actually are. Yeah, for sure. Then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is awful. One more interesting fact. I got a bunch wow. today. Uh, this is about the ending. She originally wrote the last sentence was, only those who Harry loved could see his lightning scar. Hmm. That was the original thing she wrote, but she changed it because she did not want people to think Voldemort would rise again and to say that Harry's mission was over. Hmm. 
Interesting. Just Interesting. the actual last line. Let me. What is? Yeah, I was about to say. What did? Uh, what did she let's say? Let's start off our podcast yeah. in the book by reading the yeah, last yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scar had not pained Harry for nineteen years. All was well. That's solid. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Here's my thought. I need to confess this to all of America who Please. listens to this podcast. I didn't read the epilogue this time. That's okay. I ended at the last chapter. There's and a I reason said, it's an epilogue. That's right. I said that's enough. I've had it. So, sorry, America. The epilogue is pure crowd-pleasing. It I'm wasn't not a, even crowd-pleasing. It's like we want to see them right. as grown-ups. Yes. We want to meet their kids. That's like yeah. the... What's the word I'm looking for? It's crowd-pleasing in like the... It ties in a bow on it yeah. a little bit. But also in like the, kind of the reality TV way. Yeah. I don't say that despairingly, but it's like yeah. when you just want to know the details of their life. It yeah, doesn't has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. It's just about, oh, I want to see what their kids are like. Right. Stuff like that. That's why people get on Instagram the minute a show is over. Hundred like, percent. I gotta look at these people. Yeah, Great British Bake Off. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Love is blind. Oh, <laughs> I, I I do, do get on there. Do not judge but me it, from across no, 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 this no, no, kitchen. No, 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 no. I'm not judging you. <laughs> I'm saying I finished Love Is Blind, and I'm not excited about checking their Instagram well, because I don't see like any of them. How by the end of the sad show. they are. Exactly. Whereas Great British Bake Off, you're like, oh, they're so precious. Look, they opened a bakery. It's yeah. great. Love, I don't know how we got on this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the ending Anyways. of... <laughs> so, Sam, tell me, what are some of the things you enjoyed about book seven? The finale, if you will. This time around, what was so interesting to me was probably the... I mean, Godric's Hollow, I'm sure we'll talk about that later, is my favorite scene. Okay. Aside from the graveyard in book four, Godric's Hollow is probably my favorite scene. Okay. In the entire series. Interesting. It's between that and the ending of Chamber of Secrets for me. Okay. Uh, those three scenes are like my peak peak Harry Potter. But the two scenes that I really enjoyed this time around were one when Harry says goodbye to the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the redemption there. Yeah, me too. And just a kind moment between Harry and Dudley. I actually want to read it because it's, it's, just, it's just a really good scene. It's kind of sweet. They think I'm a waste of space, actually, but I'm used to. I don't think you're a waste of space. If Harry had not seen Dudley's <laughs> lips move, he might not have believed it. As it was, he stared at Dudley for several seconds before accepting that it must have been his cousin who had spoken for one thing. Dudley had turned red. Harry was embarrassed and astonished himself. Well, er, thanks, Dudley. Again, Dudley appeared to grapple with thoughts too unwieldy for expression before mumbling, <laughs> you saved my life. Mm. I just, I love redemption That's with people. Moment. I don't like... I like for people to be friends. Yeah. Uh, especially in books. Yeah. Like, I think my primary concern in any book series with characters I love, I just want them to be happily together. Huh. To me, the saddest endings are like, hey, we defeated the bad guy, but people go their separate ways yeah. or because of circumstances they're separated or God forbid someone dies. Mm -hmm. To me, the saddest fact is that wherever these characters are now, they're not together. Yeah. It's always my, that's why the ending of Lord of the Rings, spoiler alert, kills me well i didn't cry huh. until the gray havens interesting mm -hmm. i don't know what that means but i never oh, read it if you know you know well i don't know so mm. <laughs> i was more talking to our <laughs> listeners there oh sorry but listeners <laughs> if you don't know we'll do I. maybe we'll do lord of the rings at some point maybe maybe um what about you what did you enjoy most well you know i enjoyed multiple things um, this time around, is there anything that kind of popped that doesn't normally that was different? So this time around, I 
as I read the scenes where Harry is at the borough, they're getting ready for the wedding, mm -hmm. and Mrs. Weasley keeps separating Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Mm. I I don't know why I enjoyed it, and I maybe enjoyed isn't the right word. Um, maybe I'll just say enjoyed, but just you can tell her desire is to keep those kids safe. Mm. And she knows that they're planning something. And, you know, we all have things where we're like, I'm just going to try and control this situation. And yeah. she's like, I'm going to control it by giving them nonsense chores. And then they won't go. And then they'll all go to Hogwarts and they'll be safe, yeah. you know? And instead she's like, Nope, you're there. You're there. You're there. Mm. And that just, it was sweet and frustrating, but, yeah. You know, I just, I thought it was, it all, it just stood out to me. Maybe it's the mother and me. Well, forgive me sure. for grasping at straws here. Maybe. It's fine. You have brought up Mrs. Weasley a lot. Oh, I love her. Series. Is this, has that been a different experience yes. for you of how much? Yes. Being a mom and reading Harry Potter is totally different than being a college kid mm -hmm. reading Harry Potter. My connection towards Mrs. Weasley um, just grew quite deep this time around yeah. um her love of harry her love of her kids um really though her love of harry like he is an orphan who has horrible caretakers guardians and she just loves him and wants the best for him even though he's not biologically hers um why does so that sweet. resonate so much with you because i don't know i don't know um i just the love of people i guess but the love of kids that mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it's the mother thing. And then also in this book, man, it got me when Harry tries to tell Hermione and Ron that they can't come with him. And uh -huh. Hermione tells him that she changed her parents' memories and yeah. sent them to Australia. And oh, if that doesn't kind of take your breath away, like that moment I wanted to just kind of shocking to me and Did you feel sadness anxiety so sad, so sad. Mm. just that sad for hermione proud for hermione that a she knew how to do that yeah. she also was able to protect her parents um yeah. and frustration with harry that he tried to even think that he could tell them you can't come with me you don't you don't deserve this you don't yeah you know and they're like actually when it's actually the thing like deep down yes. you know because there's a moment too where uh Harry's anxieties are drinking at the best of mm -hmm. him and he's like Hermione's gonna leave. Yeah. And it's the last thing he wants. Yeah. So it's like deep down he doesn't want them to go with him. Right. But deep down. Yeah. Well no and I part think of him he, wants to do this alone. He doesn't want them to go with them with him, not out of I don't think it's out of his hero savior complex. I think it's out of he doesn't want them to risk their lives for yeah. him. Uh which I think is very understandable. Yeah. But it's like what we talked about in the sixth book. Dumbledore told him, you've got to trust your friends. You've got to trust these people. Yeah. And they finally, like with the ghoul, with Ron making the ghoul look like him. And, yeah. <laughs> and then Hermione and her parents. Yeah. It's like Harry finally had to see like, oh, they're trustworthy. And and they're choosing to make sacrifices and they're choosing, for him. It's not like, like he's making them yeah, do it. Wasn't his idea. They did yeah. it without him yeah. knowing they were doing it. Which is something that, I mean, he still doesn't, it's kind of a subtle theme throughout this book of all these people that are risking their lives for him. And he's, yeah. he never really gets to the place of letting people's decisions be their own, even right. if it's for him. Right. 
Because even at the end, when he's walking through, he still feels responsible in some way. But Hmm. that also kind of shows that although he's 17, still a kid, you know. Absolutely. That immaturity. um, It is easy to forget that he's a 17-year-old. He's 17. And so he walks through. And I don't think an adult would be able to walk through and see people who died for a cause but a cause that you were kind of leading and, feel responsible. and not feel responsible. I mean, he's yeah. 17. He's a kid. Which back to Mrs. Weasley, it's how many adults in these books are taking responsibility for Harry. Right. But you think about the way Dumbledore takes responsibility for him and keeps putting him in harm's way. Yeah. Because he kind of has to. Right. Uh, but Mrs. Weasley takes responsibility that she wants to protect him. Yeah. And she's one of the, she might be she the, might only the only adult yeah. who really wants to protect like, him. Totally wants to protect him. And is there, do you feel that kind of interplay between like, especially with kids of like, you want to protect them, keep them safe at home. But Mrs. Weasley keeping him safe at home is actually going to be detrimental to their cause in the end. Does that make sense when yes. I'm saying that there comes yes. this point of like, with the kids in our lives, if we're always kind of having to release well, them in some ways. Yes. Well, as hard Mrs. as it is. Mrs. Weasley wants to, well, she wants to protect the innocence that he has. And she also rightfully thinks that it is a fight that the adults should have to fight. Yeah. Which, again, not basically only Harry had all the information. So, yeah. What were they going to do? But in general, Mrs. Weasley is like, he is a full grown evil wizard. Why yeah. on earth would we let a kid? Yeah. Take the reins on this. So yeah. I love Miss Louise. I love her so much. I love her. Hey everybody, Sam here with a few quick announcements and the shout outs. So let's jump into our shout outs real quick. Our first shout out is going to Lily McCoy. Lily's mom, Emily, is works with Sarah and I, and she told us how Lily listens to our episodes. That is the coolest thing. So cool. I, I mean, We are shouting you out, Lily. <laughs> we're recording the show, but the coolest thing that happens is that Lily listens to it. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? It's like we're nothing. The coolest thing happening is the fact that she yeah. listens to us. Thanks for listening. That means so much. Thanks, Lily. You are awesome. Hope you're enjoying Harry Potter. And Harry Potter. Maybe. I think Lily recommended that we read Wonder next. Yes. We should do that. I think that sounds like a plan. Let's do it. We'll read Wonder next. I don't even know the author. I just know the book and I can see the cover in my head. Yeah, that's right. We are going to read Wonder next. Thanks to Lily. I also want to give a shout out to all of our listeners in Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah, we've got quite a few listeners over there. Or one listener who listens consistently. Hey, we'll take it. either is awesome. Either one. Yes. We have never been to Frankfurt, but I feel pretty comfortable saying we love that city. We do. Yeah. As if it was like a second home. Thanks, Frankfurt. We love you. I actually have some ancestors from the area too, so I who knows? am Could German. Be a distant cousin. Are I you am as German? Well? Yes. Awesome. Yes, yes, well, yes. Guten Tag and Danke to all of our friends over there in Germany. Good German. If you have not keywords have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts yet, we would greatly appreciate it. It means so much to hop on there. And Sarah, what's your recommended stars to give to the show? Five stars, please. You heard it here. Five <laughs> stars. We love reviews. We love hearing from you. Please go do that, and it is so helpful to the show and so encouraging for us. You also can give us a follow at Instagram.com. <laughs> you can give us a follow on Instagram. You can follow your grandpa on Instagram.com. <laughs> I 
Instagram, <laughs> NYA Book Report, no caps, no spaces. And now back to the show, unless back Sarah has anything show. else for our announcement segment. No, thanks for listening. Back to the show. So Sarah, what resonated with you this time around? What really spoke to you in the well, Sam, deepest parts of your heart? We're going to have to go there. Don't do it. We're going to. <sighs> we're going to have to talk about Dobby. I'm not ready. Our man Dobby. I can clearly remember the, when this happened. When I read it for the first time. Clearly. Oh. Just, this was probably the most painful death of all of the deaths. Yeah. Just in the whole series. Like, mm-hmm. Dobby, he was innocent. Yeah. He was just good. He was yeah. just... There were no hidden motives yeah. for and there, Dobby. And there's something to be said that he is he is of the world of books one and two. Right. When yes. things are still safe, innocent, yeah. fun, flying cars, Quidditch. Dobby's like, it's like he's in those books. Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to come into That's these right. dark ones and die. Well, and like Mrs. Weasley, Dobby wanted to keep Harry safe. Yeah. That's what he wanted was to protect mm. Harry at all costs. And he did. And it costs him so much. And so yeah. that scene, painful the first time I read it, yeah. painful the last time I read it. You know, Dobby's last words <laughs> are, Bellatrix is shrieking at him because she knows who Dobby is because yeah. he was Narcissus. Yes. Elf. Dobby says, Dobby has no master. Dobby is a free elf. And Dobby has come to save Harry Potter and his friends. Mm-hmm. There's those last words in the books. Yeah. So then, you know, they get to Shell Cottage and Harry is just, he's crushed by Dobby's death. And um, he decides to bury him. And instead of using magic, yes, Harry buries him by hand. Mm-hmm. He uses shovels. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, that a, scene. Because it was, it was the turning point for Harry. Yeah. It was the moment where he, he, something shifts in him when he digs that grave, Um, which I mean, I'm going to read it first because I think it's interesting. I want to do it properly were the first words of which Harry was fully conscious of speaking, not by magic. Have you got a spade? And shortly afterward, he had set to work alone, digging the grave in the place that Bill had shown him at the end of the garden between bushes. He dug with a kind of fury, relishing the manual work glorying in the non-magic of it for every drop of his sweat and every blister felt like a gift to the elf who had saved their lives Mm -hmm. his scar burned but he was a master of the pain he felt it yet was apart from it he had learned to control at last learned to shut his mind to voldemort the very thing dumbledore had wanted him to learn from snape just as voldemort had not been able to possess harry while harry was consumed with grief for sirius so his thoughts could not penetrate harry now while he mourned dobby Grief, it seemed, drove Voldemort out, though Dumbledore, of course, would have said that it was love. Uh, I don't feel like I need to qualify that Mm -hmm. with any interpretations. I think it's... I just, you can't grieve anything you don't love. (laughs) You can't grieve anything you can't love. We could talk about how it is allowing himself to feel his emotions Mm -hmm. that allows him to master them in a way, I mean, quote unquote master, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a really the point is to master your yeah. emotions the point is to accept them yeah accept that you are grieving this does seem to be this you were right this is a shift for harry too in his um 
kind of desire for action and mm-hmm. moving forward with taking out yeah. Voldemort. Like before, before this scene, before Dobby died, they were just kind of floating along, trying to figure out mm-hmm. what's next. And this is the point where Harry's like, shift. I know what's next. That's an interesting thought too. Okay. It is his grief that makes him a good oculumens, mm-hmm. right? Where he can keep Voldemort yeah. out. We talk, maybe we talk about Dumbledore being an Oculumens, but the other one is Snape. Yeah. And so I wonder if the reason Snape is good at Oculumency is because of Lily. Well, so because let's... the grief, yeah. the, it's, it's what yeah. gives Harry the strength to do it. Yeah. Love, in a way, allows somebody to stay themselves, yeah. to, be, to not be possessed, to keep their own mind, yeah. to be fully human. Yep. That's apparently what it takes to be a good Oculumens. And they were told that Snape is one of the best yes. at it. So let's talk about Snape too, because I don't think we can talk about this book without talking about Snape's resolution yeah. at the end. Um, that is a, um, I think a lasting moment for all Harry Potter readers oh, sure. when we got what Snape, who Snape actually was. The first time I read it, I had no clue it was coming. Oh yeah. Me either. No, no, no me either. Clue and was... Well, the way the sixth book ends, yeah. you're like, Snape you is him. who yeah. we think he is. Yeah. That, when the first time I read it, that was the taste that lingered in me. Mm-hmm. That was the thing I was thinking about the next day. It wasn't, oh, Harry and Jenny or Hermione and Ron. Okay. It was what I was thinking about was Snape. Yeah. And just how beautiful his character's journey is. Yeah. The learning about Snape and finally having that resolution and redemption of Snape if you ever read the Harry Potter books again, it casts it all in a totally different light. Yeah. But what what I do like, though, too, is like we can love Snape after reading this segment because we learn how much sacrifice, mm-hmm. how much he has sacrificed. But we can also, still reading the, this again, Snape is still a jerk. Yeah. And like, there are still times where I'm like, Snape, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. But He's complicated. Uh, he's complicated. Because he actually does, in yes. some ways, despise Harry and love him at the same but time. But then I think, well, you made a good point about why he was such a good oculums because of his grief. And I'm like, oh, to walk carrying that grief yeah. for his whole adult life. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes you pity him a little bit. Yeah. Like, to carry it so deeply. Yeah. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> I want to talk about Godric's Hollow. I okay. know we're going back to the middle to talk about the end. Okay. But it is my favorite scene. Let's talk about it. The first time I read it, it was around December 20th-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 2013. I was 22 years old. I had never read these books before. And I read the Deathly Hallows in about... 26 hours period. I didn't run straight, obviously, but I read it quick. But I remember being at my parents' house. I was home for Christmas from college. um, And I read the scene where Harry hears Christmas carols from the pub down the street Mm -hmm. as he's entering the snowy graveyard and feels about as empty as he's ever felt. And my mom was playing Christmas music while she was cooking in the kitchen. And I just remember so vividly feeling all of that. Mm. There's something about a snowy day that is about as melancholy as it mm-hmm. gets. Like there's all this sadness, especially with Christmas. Because I do think for me, the Christmas season kind of has this sense of loss and sadness mm-hmm. to it as well. 
Um, there's the loss of the innocence of childhood, like what Christmas used to be. There's the loss of the magic of it. I think all that is getting pulled into this scene where, and the part that got me the most this time around, because it still got me, I was amazed this time through the series, there were things that used to get me that didn't. Mm -hmm. This time around, this scene still did, which tells me like there's something way more deep going on here. Um, It says, James Potter and Lily Potter, it's their gravestone, and it says, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Harry read the words slowly as though he would have only one chance to take in their meaning. And he read the last of them aloud. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. A horrible thought came to him and with a kind of panic. Isn't that a Death Eater idea? Why is that there? It doesn't mean defeating death in the way Death Eaters mean it, Harry, as in like Voldemort mm-hmm. being terrified of death running mm-hmm. from it, said Hermione with a gentle voice. It means, you know, living beyond death, living after death. But they were not living, thought Harry. They were gone. The empty words could not disguise the fact that his parents' moldering remains lay beneath snow and stone, indifferent, unknowing. I have always been amazed by the fact that those those words are mm-hmm. from 1 Corinthians 15, yep. 26. Uh, it is the biblical idea of the defeat of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes right after the Dumbledore grave quote reads, where your treasure is, yep. there your heart will be also. Yep. Rowling states, they're very British books, so on a very practical note, Harry was going to find biblical quotations on tombstones. But I think these two particular quotations he finds in the tombstone at Godric's Hollow, they sum up, they almost epitomize the whole series. Mm-hmm. Something to this idea of the last enemy that shall be defeated is death. And I think the reason there is a reason that resonates with people, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to Jesus juke, Christianese this thing, but like I know why that hit mm-hmm. me as hard as it did. Of like we all, yeah, we all are hoping for the day that death is defeated. Yeah, that's like, right. Every death feels like a, a cheat. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me the reason this story, the reason Lord of the Rings, the reason Narnia resonates because in some way all those stories are about death. Mm-hmm. They talk about death and overcoming it mm-hmm. in a way that feels not shallow, at least yeah. to me. Um, something resonates in me when I see a story about death being defeated that feels believable that I'm like, I'm crying. I don't know why. Yeah. But in the deepest part of my being, I hope this is true. Yeah. I want your thoughts on this. J.K. Rowling talked about how in this book, she was tracing her own journey of religious doubt. Hmm. Talking about Harry doubting Dumbledore, going through that, she was tracing her own journey there. And she said as much. So it's interesting. You see Harry struggling with like, the last thing he should be destroyed is death. These are just empty words. Mm-hmm. You almost see some of the author in that. Yeah. Somebody going through like, because so much we talked about in the first episode, this book was, she wrote it in 1990 after her mom died. Mm-hmm. And so much of writing this book seems to be wrestling with it. Yeah. I'm just curious what you think of that. What do I think of that? Well, I just... Again, we see Harry being 17. And he is looking at the literal, my parents are dead. Mm-hmm. What the last enemy that's defeated is death. Like Harry just wants his mom and dad. Like Harry has an immense amount of loss in his life. And so those words, um, although for some lots 
can be very comforting. I think for a 17 year old, it's like, yeah, I don't care how it's defeated. I just yeah. wish my parents weren't in this grave. And it's interesting that when he gets to Dobby's grave is when he kind of learns. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say acceptance because I don't like, I don't. I would say purpose. Purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Purpose in it. It's like, that's when he shifts gears and even it's kind of foreshadowing his own journey of like, mm-hmm. he's still on the journey to accepting that he himself has to die. Right. And it's like when he lets magic go. Yeah. Uh, when he lets all the things that he can control go and he just digs a grave with his own hands, accepts what he has to do. That to me is the same thing he's doing on an emotional level on a spiritual level later when he's walking through the forest. And we can talk about, I think one of the most beautiful things in that is that his mom and dad are with him. Yeah. The line that gets me every time is when he says, stay close to me. Yeah. Like all that, all those themes. And this is, this is why seven works is all those threads come Mm -hmm. together in that moment of you can see Harry digging the Dobby's grave. You can see Harry mourning by his parents' grave in that moment where he's having to accept death, feel all of it to be as human as a human can be. Cause one of the most human things you do is die. Yeah. Sad as it is that, he kind of gets his wish and that his parents are with him and he's not alone. Well, and I've always thought it was interesting as Harry is walking into the forest to face his death. He has the stone. His parents are with him and then he drops it. Mm-hmm. And I always, um, I don't know, every time he drops it, I'm surprised. It always seems early mm. to me for him to let it go and to let go of their like presence close to them yeah. every time I'm like, why would he drop it so far? Because he says like, will they be able to see you? And nobody else would have. Yeah. And yet he knew he had to like do it on his own, yeah. but maybe I don't know what it is in me. I'm always like, no, he has to go alone. Yeah. But I'm like, hold on just a little bit longer. And he lets it go. We also could talk about how the stone kind of rolls away. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, we'll just let that one linger. Oh, linger. <laughs> but um, yeah, that scene where he's walking to, well, his whole death, we can kind of jump into that where yeah. he's walking in because it also talks about Narcissa at the oh. end. So he walks into the forest. The irony that a mother's love gets Voldemort again. Like right? At the beginning of the story, That's Voldemort right. is beaten by the love of a mother. Tethers up. At the end of the uh-huh. story, Voldemort is beaten yes. by the love of a mother. Which also, let's talk about um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione saving Draco. And yeah. then Ron punches him in the face. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love that. Because it's like, moment. they're still going to be good. And they're still going to save him. But yeah. You're also going to get punched in the face. But anyway, so they're walking. He walks into the forest. Voldemort, all of the Death Eaters are there. He knows this is it. Voldemort kills him. Yeah. Has come to die. It's come to die. Harry dies. Dies. Goes to. He dies. Goes to King's Cross is what he thinks. I, we can't talk about all of it. I want to skip towards. A lot of people have talked about the fact that it is King's Cross. Yes. Go on. So. Then he comes back alive and Voldemort and he's laying there and he's, he knows, oh, here I am. And then Voldemort has Narcissa 
come check mm-hmm. that he's dead. Yeah. So you continue on. What did you, what gets you the I, most? That's it. You describing yeah. it is all, I, I, I'm not going to, inter- I can't interpret yeah. it. It's, the story was, it's, this, it's a story for a reason. It is insanely beautiful. That yes. The, one of the, in the first couple chapters of this book, we learn that Voldemort lost because of the love a mother has yeah. for her son. And in the end, he loses because of the love yes. a mother has for her yes. son. Yes. And it's Draco Malfoy. That's right. The most least deserving of them all. The one who, yeah. And that, connecting it to book six and Draco's responsibility with Dumbledore yeah. dying. And then it's, it's just, it's yeah. a great moment. It's it a is. great moment. And then Hagrid has to carry Harry's body. Just like Hagrid carried Dumbledore's body. Just like body. Hagrid carried Dumbledore's like body. Hagrid, Hagrid carried, carried Harry at too. At the beginning. That's right. That's right. Hagrid is the be- at yep. the beginning and the end. Um and that's that is a precious moment to me when Hagrid is carrying Harry. Yeah. And then we also at the end, there's so many things, and it's like, sorry, we can't talk about them all, but we'll yeah. just zip through. Also at the end, Neville Longbottom. Yeah. Neville Longbottom. That scene was awesome. Awesome scene. And it's just like the movies did get that pretty solid. Yes. And like Neville, what I love about this book is like every book he just kind of gets a little bit better. Yeah. You know, there's something good about Neville in all of the books. I can't mm-hmm. think of everything, but in this one, Neville gets the glory. Like he gets to chop the snake. He you becomes know, his like, parents' son. He does. He does. And it's just redemption. It is. Like, not that he really needed tons of redemption, but he became a hero. Yeah. Well, Sarah, that's our summer of Potter. So real quick on the spot, rank these books one through okay. seven. I have thought about this. I have too. Okay. Three, wow. five, wow. Uh, four, two, six, seven. No, wait, no, eh, eh, nope. Start over, start over. Eh, cancel. Eh, cancel. Three, five, four, two. It's got to be one. One, seven, six. Mm. I think for me, it's two. <laughs> Yep. Yep. That's the hot take. That's, two was. It's not surprising to me two, anymore. Three, four, five. One. <laughs> no. One, five, seven, six. Six. It's the worst. Six Sorry. Is the Slytherin if book. if six is your favorite, that's okay. You're still welcome. You're still welcome. You're still welcome. We just here. disagree with you. It's, it's healthy I'm an disagreement. Eight. I love when people have hot takes that are against my hot takes. I'm a four. I love having hot takes where people can't yell at me in person and, and I can hide behind a microphone. That's right. But if you disagree with me, come at me at in the comments. Me. At me. <laughs> It's okay. I'm ready for hey, it. I already said at me about Hufflepuff being the best house. So. Well, we're just atting ourselves all over the place. Well, that is the end of our summer of Potter. And I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And Sam, we said it in our shout outs, but mm-hmm. I feel like we need a solid end of it in case people press the fast forward button, but mm-hmm. our listeners wouldn't do that. Um, no, never. Tell us, what's our next book? Our next book is Wonder by R.J. Palacio. Ooh, I think I said that right. I've never read this one. I'm excited. I've read the little version. Okay. The kid, like. So the, now you're getting the big version. Now I'm getting the big book. We're joining we're pumped. Lily McCoy and reading the big books. That's we're, right. We're big book readers. We're big book readers. All right, Sam. Well, everybody, remember, as always, support your local bookstore. Sarah. See ya. See ya. See ya.